Uh, we'll start with a disclaimer. Uh, my voice sounds terrible. No, no, no. Double disclaimer. This is the first time that we've done a car cast where both of us have been under the weather. Now, I am on the rise, knock on wood, hopefully, and so I'm hoping that you, which are maybe at your nadir of your sickness right now, I hope it doesn't get worse because it doesn't look good, I'm hoping that you don't get, make me sick again. I'm hoping that because I'm still recovering from this, whatever this is, the same kind of stuff that Antoine Roussel forced to miss a couple of games because of, yeah. um, I'm hoping that I'm immune from double jeopardy. Yes. But yes, you do not sound good. No, I don't sound good. Um, Should I chirp you and say you don't say you sound worse than normal? <laughs> I mean, that's just it's like low hanging fruit, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like I feel like you're better than that. Well, you know, you could say that, but look, in Greek lore, it was very common in ancient Greek uh, civilization to kick a man when he was down, go for the jugular. So maybe I should follow that. The star certainly well, did that uh, with the wild tonight. That's a good segue. Thank you like that? That's a good segue. Yes. Thank you. Stars tonight uh, win 6-1 to one against the Minnesota Wild, a team that had been playing very well lately. Um, at home. At home, yes. That's the and, in general, no, they've been yes. really good at lately, but, you know, when you're at, what was it, 14 of the last 18 po possible points, yeah. 77 point percentage, that's very good hockey. It's very good. They were coming off a of back-to-back, and it's really the first time this season where the Stars have made a team... Um, when the other teams have played in the second of back-to-back, -back, look like they were playing the second of the back-to-back. -back. Yes. It's the second time they won when doing that. They're 2-4 and four now this year. Yeah. That's the first time they really clamped down and, and you know, went for the jugular. But yes. this game hinged. It, was a, it could have caught either way. It wasn't as if they came out in the first period, a la the way Minnesota did to Las Vegas last night. To Vegas, excuse me. Yes. Not Las Vegas. It is not Las Vegas. It's just, just Vegas. Vegas. Just Vegas. Uh, because you can't have a four-syllable no. team and mascot. No. no. Although there are Minnesota Wild, for example. Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> they're not that anymore. No. They they Anaheim Ducks still yes. four syllables. Okay, we're getting beyond ourselves. Yes. But this could easily have been a wild road win tonight. Yes. Um, I, for me, I mean, obviously the big point where the Stars sees the game is that stretch of. Three goals and two, uh, two fifty-eight, two fifty-one, two fifty-one, and four four goals and five oh eight, depending yep. on how you want to extend it. Um, but no, for me, four goals in five minutes is pretty good. Yeah, oh yeah. For me, but for me, the defining really moment of this game that spun everything was Kari um, Lettinen's uh, glove save that was Zach Parisi on, on the breakaway after. Uh, a bit of a uh, broken play for the Stars' defense. Parisi comes in on a short breakaway, and uh, Car and uh, Lennon is able to stay with him, get across, and get a piece with the glove. And I really think that's the moment that Parisi scores there. It's one nothing Wild. The Wild are um, the Stars have not been a good team at coming back from behind. All of a sudden, that's a completely you know, different game. Sean, the other day, Ken Hitchcock said something that really perked my ears up uh, at practice when he said, and "You were there." Yeah. That this team, talking about the Stars, is not built to come back in games. It's an interesting comment. It was, and I think part of it comes down to the way they play. They're a grinded-out style team that can score a lot. They're not a up-and-down transition team, a la the Stars from two years ago, yeah. that can score in droves in transition. If you're losing and the other team is committed to their defensive zone structure, you're not going to get a lot of scoring chances. If you can draw them out and get transition games, that's the way they use it. They don't have that kind of speed right now. No, they don't. I mean, 
it's the lack of uh, a pure second. This was a six-one win. And there's scoring throughout the lineup tonight, but it's the lack of that pure secondary line. That kind of the natural second line in the top six that they're lacking that really produces on a consistent basis. Um, like I saw, I saw a stat, and uh, maybe you can look it up on Twitter since I uh, shouldn't while I'm driving. The uh, you should be holding your phone while driving, which I'm you're holding, not, I'm so not that's good. The uh, oh. by the way, there are some cars going much faster than you, and you're not going slowly. No, I'm not. We do have the guy, we do have the uh, car in front of us that is kind of, I'm not sure uh, why he's in the left lane. This is the typical DFW driver that goes slow in the far left lane and doesn't get that he needs to show some lane etiquette. And yes. it is one of my many traffic pet peeves, driving below the speed limit in the passing lane. Yes. It's a passing lane for a reason. Anywho, um, I think there was some stat that saw that was uh, where... Of the, all the goal, Stars' goals this season, over a hundred of them have been assisted, scored, or something along those lines by Ben Sagan, Radulov, or Klingberg. And that's a good thing, just because it shows how good that group's been. On the flip side, you're obviously they put a lot of eggs in production from those guys. Um, and tonight they were good. Tonight that, that line was tremendous. Tonight, I mean, it was it was hard to. It was, uh, I ended up going Tyler Sagan as the first star when I picked it. It was kind of hard to, you could have made a case for a bunch of guys, obviously a 6 1 win, but Radulov was really good tonight, too. And I thought Jamie Ben was very good, too. They were all good. Yeah. Here's a question for you, and actually a real question. Okay. So, uh, Singing Kath yeah. sends in this, which I think segues from the save car he made on Parisi yeah. to the first star's goal on the power play, which the was Yanmark, Yanmark tipping in the Klingberg shot. Yeah. The reason why that happened was because, and this may be the real turning point in the hockey game, because even after the Parisi save, Kari had to make two or three really good saves, not quite at the Parisi level, but on quality scoring chances. Minnesota, I think, were, I think there was 3-1 in quality chances in the first seven minutes of the second period. Yeah. They were playing and creating more opportunities than Dallas at that point. Then... Kari Letnick gets high-sticked by Jason Zucker, and that leads to the power play in the course of the Stars' score. So, Kath writes in, thinking of specific definitions, why was the penalty against Kari high-sticking instead of spearing? If you'll indulge me here, it's a pretty easy answer to that. It's about the motion of the stick, because typically spearing is when somebody uses a thrusting-type motion with the end of the stick jabbing at somebody like a spear. Well, in this case, Kari does get hit with the toe of the stick blade, but it's coming up, and it's just, it's a high stick, it's, right? It's very, for me, it's also more of a more intentional... Um, yeah, there's no thrust yeah, there. Yeah. He that, just that was, caught him. That was a high stick, right? It's not an intentional high stick. It sticks up. You have to control it. You have to be responsible for your stick. It's just like if you're in a car accident, you should not be high sticking the goalie in the yes. offensive zone. That's a yes. bad penalty yes. at a bad time. Stars go on to score. Um, and obviously, I wanted to bring this up because I thought this was a damning stat. Coming into tonight's game, the Wild had given up five power play goals in their last three games against on eight chances. They were three for eight, 38%. That's bad. Very bad. 75 is bad in penalty kill. 80 is okay. Above 80 is pretty good. They gave up two power play goals against on two opportunities, two shorthanded opportunities tonight. 
That means that they are in their last four games, three for ten, which drops it to a straight even 30%. That is bad. beyond. 50 is terrible. This is atrocious. It's a bad penalty kill. How do they win? Uh, I think they're two and two in their last four. At, yes. With thirty percent penalty kill, I don't know how that's possible. That's that's pretty bad. That's really bad. Like that's the, awful. And he says with a much higher pitch. Yeah. <laughs> the and then tonight, I mean, the Stars power play goals tonight were both examples of the Stars outworking the Wild, where um, Yanmark does a good job just battling in front, getting a piece of it, and then. Uh, Jamie Benton kind of gets left completely alone and wins the wins the loose puck battle on another power play goal that makes it uh, that was the three nothing goal. Well, it was Devin Shore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great work on the left side to hold the sh- the errant shot free and then slide it across the crease. And so Ben, as you said, is quick to jump on that because there were a couple of bodies around the crease, but it was that backhand through the crease on the other side of that. Uh, as an AHL guy. Uh, Curtis McKenzie and Colton Sevier both played on that side of the net and just made hay doing that kind of move, faking like they're going to go to the forehand, doing sort of a behind-the-back yeah. no-look backhand across the crease. How many times did Sevier uh, Chris Mueller feast on open net backdoor power play goals because of that play? Oh, yeah. For sure. So, I mean, the wild power play penalty kill is bad. The, they're not a, the Wild aren't a good road team, which is also another thing. They're playing it back to back, but on top of all of that, the Stars are really good tonight, and they made the Wild look bad too. That's the other thing you have to give the Stars a ton of credit for making the Wild look bad. It was a close game for probably about thirty, just under thirty minutes, and then everything just exploded from there. On top of it, obviously we've talked about the four goals and the. Uh, the four-goal stretch in the uh, second period. The Stars also put the puck in the fifth time in the second period, but Jason Spencer was called for hooking. Um, and then in the uh, before you, and then in the third period, you have Radulov gets one and Dan Hamhuis gets one. I mean, it was kind of one of those days where uh, it's funny because six goals. It, so this is actually a fitting thing. The Stars' first ever NHL game in Dallas. Um, came against the Detroit Red Wings, and they scored six goals in that game. That's crazy. Nice little bit of symmetry. Yes. Bookending. Not the end of the Stars' run here in Dallas, of course. No, but the but we haven't even touched it. So the retro night, they had the retro night jerseys tonight, where the uh, they wore the jerseys from the '93 '94 season warmups, and then had the. Um, that was cool. It, yeah. it was disappointing that. Like they couldn't because they had to wear their normal jerseys. It's just funny they didn't have matching socks. Yeah. Because the victory green looked a little funny with the old style. It should have had sort of a white with a black trim, maybe, or the yeah. old gold that they used to use in the star. But boy, I love some of the retro video work oh, yeah. on the jumbotron. That intro with the the star flying over the west coast and into Dallas, like that. Yeah. That just brings back some really cool memories of the old standard definition. And then at one point. And what about uh? Is it? I'm trying to get his name wrong, but Bill, the old PA announcer, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing cool. the game tonight. And uh, you know, I talked to Jeff K at the pregame media meal tonight. He said that Bill never—he did it for a long time. I think it was years. 18 years. Yeah. He said he never really got a proper send-off because he just decided to retire after his last year, after his 18th year. 
this was a really cool sort of curtain call for him. Yeah. And they both do a great job. They're different. Yeah. And But it was really fun to hear his voice doing the game tonight. And the... Uh not, not only the cool graphics that were stars related, also some of the old 90s commercials were kind of cool to see. Um, Tower Records? Yes. <laughs> uh, there was one in there that kind of confused me. Um, was the XFL ad. I don't know if you saw that. Jesse Ventura was involved? Which maybe because Jesse Ventura is the former governor of Minnesota. But I didn't understand that one. What was the XFL? What was the year? 2001. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that one just kind of confused me. Um, and then... I know I saw, um, there's a mixed reaction to this on Twitter I saw, where the, uh, for about six or seven minutes in the first period, the Fox Sports Southwest broadcast went to the old, uh, went to standard definition and four by three ratio. <laughs> for how long? About six or seven minutes. I saw a lot of Twitter complaints about that. Yes. You don't know what you you have. Well, maybe you do. Yeah. With high definition until you watch standard definition on an HD TV, yes. right? So, here's the thing: <laughs> standard definition is not high def anyway. No. But it's really bad when you put it on a TV that's not designed for it anymore. Yeah. And I remember that specifically being the case when we got our first high def television. You know, probably ten years ago, and had a Nintendo Wii which was a standard definition video game system yes. plugged into our nice big Sony HD TV and it just didn't look as good. I mean, you still used it, but it wasn't built for HD and so the, you put it on an old square box, yep. that 4x3 and it looked better. Yeah. Just saying. Well, it was uh Now, I didn't I'm not sure I wonder how often because I didn't listen to the... I'm not listening to the broadcast because I'm watching the game. In right. So I wonder how often Razor and Lutz mentioned or brought up the fact that you're not... It's not technical difficulties you're doing. So I can imagine some people who may have flipped the game. Thought, what the heck? Or, like, wait, is Do there, not adjust your television yeah, set? Like, I wonder if... Uh, I know I saw some people who were watching on NHL, who were watching on the NHL, uh, NHL TV or the NHL Game Center package... Commented, said like, wait, what's what's wrong with, with the feed? With Is it feed? buffering? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the modern world. Yeah. So you can go back to 1993 and all sorts of things different. First and foremost, the internet was not what it was today. I think no. it existed, but not for the general public yeah. at that point. Um, although it was coming close to being relevant soon after, people still use VCRs back then. Yeah. I don't think my kids know what a VCR is, even though. I still have one in a box up in the attic with the 80 movies I had from college that I don't know what to do with and I don't want to pay hundreds of dollars to convert to digital. I think you and I have talked about this. I think yes. You, I think you've moved them a couple times, right? Oh, no. They have They have been in the box since, um, God, at least two or three moves, including the one from New York State to Texas to Austin first and then to Dallas where they have not left the bin that they're in. And my wife is not happy that they still exist. She said we should get rid of them. I don't know. I mean, it's an heirloom of my past, I guess. I don't know. Maybe someday, you know, like uh, when the zombie apocalypse comes upon us, there'll be a a reason to see if the VCR still works. 
Maybe. should. It's been sitting in the attic. Maybe. I don't know. I, I bought myself a record player this year, and I still use that quite a bit now. I like that idea. Um, you ready for a couple of uh, CarCast Twitter yeah, for today? Sure. for sure. All right. Chris asks a question that's really not something for the CarCast, but that's why it's a CarCast. Can y'all get me Radulov's autograph? He said y'all, by the way. Okay. I'm uh, just reading as this verbatim. Can y'all get me at Radulov's autograph because he rules and is my favorite player? Uh, technically, yes, but it's frowned upon, right? Uh, if you're... Maybe you can. You're a team employee. I don't think I could do something like that. I believe you could do yeah, it, yeah. but you might get in trouble for it or scolded for it or have your credentials yeah, revoked. Yeah. Uh, I know I would get in trouble for it. I mean, you might be able to ask somebody to do it. Basically, when you cover the team, uh, you really don't ask the players for things like that. It's That's considered poor form. I can think of the only situation where I think would be appropriate for a media member to ask for an autograph for a player would be something along the lines of if there was some sort of charity auction going on or something like that. And you're even then, you probably have to go through either yeah, the PR probably, or the foundation. Even then, you yeah. probably go through the PR or the foundation or something like that. But I'll I've tell you, been, your best shot is to go watch practice or one of the stars' uh, appearances. Or go, you yeah. know what? Go to casino nights. Yes. Go to, it's coming up here on February 13th at Park Place Lexus. Boy, it's a lot of fun. It benefits the Dallas Stars Foundation. Uh, my wife and I love going. It's a really good time. You get to play all the casino games, great food, uh, some nice drinks, and all the players are there. So why not maybe uh, rub elbows with yeah. Alexander Radulov? That was from Chris. Night, if not casino night, you can always do it at practice, too. You guys are... The, Sometimes. The guys are generally pretty good about that stuff. Uh, Grant writes in, should Kari get more starts? He's been great. We were talking about this before we hit record. Um, I think Kari starts on Monday against the Rangers. Um, and it, it was interesting. One thing that was interesting that Ken Hitchcock said yesterday was he had been thinking about, uh, now we don't know if he's telling the truth or not on this, but he had been thinking about going back to Kari before Ben Bishop took a puck to the face. He did play well in Arizona. He did play very well, yes. Especially when the Stars had a terrible first period. They really rallied after that. Yeah. You know that save? Um, I'm blanking on who the rebound shot was in Arizona, but he made a save, and then the, the rebound went to the right, his left, and he flared out his left pad yes, and made the yes, rebound yeah, save. Yeah. That was a huge save in Arizona. Uh, obviously, the Parisi save tonight was fabulous, but he was just really good. And you know the thing I really like? about the way he's playing right now, Sean, is he doesn't seem to be... He seems to be even more confident. That game against Arizona, the, the Klingberg bailed him out when he got caught mishandling the puck way yeah. out of the net yeah. and actually slipped and fell. Um, we saw last year, even the year before, times where something like that... Now, it didn't go in, but we've, we've seen where those have led to sort of a breakdown of his game during that game. He hasn't been able to yeah. rally well. I think in this stretch, what is he, 7-2 and two in his last nine starts? Yeah. Um, he's really, he's looked composed. His first home start in 17, Ben Bishop had started the last 17. First games. of 2018. Yep. So there's that. Yes. By the way, Sean is still paying attention to the traffic. I am. Hey, all four wheels are not over the white line here at the stop sign. So that's the, or at the red light. That's a plus. Oh, he went to the reverse. There you go, folks. Coming in a little hot here. Uh, Danny Biscuits. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to read his name. He has a question, too. Was it just me, or was there a weird shake-up shake up on the Stars' second power play goal? 91 on the point. That's weird, right? 
Star's second power play goal. That would be the one where Ben scored. I think, look, here's the thing. Yes, but you have to have some fluidity in your movement. So if somebody goes to get a retrieval, and that's actually something that Hitch pointed out tonight that was really great about the Stars' power play goals, is it wasn't just a set play, pass, pass, score, and execution. It was they chased down multiple rebounds, won battles along the board. That's how you, you score a power play goal. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not just, oh, we've got a great passing game and great one-timers. That's nice, but you have to go out and fight for those extra pucks. And I don't think it was too much of a shake-up. I think it was just kind of adjusting to the situation. It was uh, improvising and covering spots as yeah. as guys chase down loose pucks. Yeah. Um, Andrew writes this, and yes, Kari was amazing in the first six minutes of the second period to keep it in. I think he's replying to the uh, stuff that I talked about they scored four goals in five minutes. Um, Allen writes in, do you think the Stars will require will acquire a player before the trade deadline? If so, who do they go for and who do the Stars trade? So this is an interesting... This is going to be debated for the rest of the month of February. Yeah, and um, to give a bit of a... Uh, I'm not going to go completely in-depth into it because I've... Don't want to scoop myself on it, but I actually talked to Jim Hill a little bit about this tonight. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, when should we expect to see that story? On February twelfth. Oh. Here's a, uh, by the way, here's a car cast applause yes. to Sean Shapiro, our very own, right, co-founder of the car cast. Yes. Co-driver, co-rider, co-passenger, for uh, getting a pretty impressive promotion in the journalism writing world, as he's now the beat writer for the Dallas, or no, I should say, he will be in yes. a week, right? Yes. February 12th? It's no, about a week eight, away. Eight days. Eight days, so just over a week of The Athletic, mm-hmm. which is coming to Dallas, and uh, you are now a, or will be a traveling beat writer in the NHL. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's really, I mean, look, that's, this is it. This is the job you were hoping for. Yeah, and you and I have talked about this before. It's something to give, not to give everyone dive deep into my life story because I know one wants to hear that. It but, is the car cast, so I mean, go for it. But uh, it's, it, it is, for me, it's an interesting element. It's been inter- the, the, the best element about all of this to stop and think, and it's been kind of crazy for me since this developed and everything like that, and this all developed rather quickly the last three or so weeks, um, is I had always thought, and I can tell people this now, that... Uh, that I have a job. Um, I, I'd interviewed for I'd interviewed for other jobs in the past. I'd interviewed for jobs in other, you know, I won't say what they were, but I interviewed for jobs in that would have been covered other Central Division teams, other, other markets, other markets. Right. Um, I did, I interviewed and you and, wondered yeah. if the the opportunity and, for advancement was going to have to be covering another team and, in and, another and, city. And right. I was convinced of that, frankly, that that, probably, that was going to be the case. Probably for me to take that next step, my career would have to be somewhere else. Thanks to um, this opportunity, the athletic, um, I feel pretty confident. I'm, I'm in a good. I have an opportunity to actually uh, continue to grow and work on this beat and, <laughs> and, you know, and cover the stars. And so it's. Uh, I'll tell it's you very, about why I'm exciting. laughing in a minute. No, it's, it's, it's very exciting, and there's uh, and we've got I got a couple of good things planned. Our launch we, our launch date's February 12th. So you um, talked to Jim Nil, and talk to Jim we Nil. should see a story yes. about that. Yeah. Coming up in eight days? Yep, story, kind of a... Uh, Depending on whether or not you actually stop at red lights. Yes. Because okay. a couple of times it's been a little hot on this car cast. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, Chirp the sick guy. More yeah. sick. And I, and I won't go in... We had uh, we talked. We were talking about something for another story, but we talked a little about the deadline and the... Um, and 
Nil likes how his team is playing right now. He likes how his team is. He he likes how they're competitive every night. He feels like they go into a chance having a chance to win every night. Um, and they still believe that the Martin Hansel factor and the Mark Mathot factor are like. That's a big yeah, thing. They, they they believe that if those two can actually be healthy and be in the lineup, that those are almost at this point like adding free yes. agents or rental players. Good. I still think Sean and I agree that yeah. I think the team's a lot better. I don't know if you can expect Martin Hansel to be healthy as when he comes back in the lineup, which could be in a week or less. Uh, he's getting closer, but I don't know if he's going to make it the last thirty games of the regular season uh, unencumbered. By even a nagging injury, I just think that that's the nature of the way his season has been this year and in the last yeah. what five or six years. Um, so I still think, and I'll, I've said this before, I still think the Stars are lacking a top six scoring winger. Yeah, uh, I would say top six center. The problem is that they have a lot of centers. Yeah, and I don't know how easy it's going to be to subtract one of those centers that are in the lineup, or at least the one you might want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say, if you can that you could bring in a winger that has that score. It's not going to be cheap, and it'll cost maybe an NHL guy off your roster now, maybe a, a draft pick with so they don't like to give up. Uh, but that would be what I continue to say I'm looking at. Yeah, and there's a couple names that, that come to mind. You start to wonder on, uh, you look at uh, one name that gets floated around quite a bit, but that's across the league, is there's Pacioretty is a Pacioretty name that gets floated across the league. You've got... Uh, um, I, I, Mike Hoffman's name gets thrown out there too. Um, the rain, I was actually a guest on a Rangers podcast the other day, and they asked me about the stars and Rick Nash. And I don't think I don't think they'd be in on Rick Nash, but I was asked about you it. No, suddenly the Rangers have lost seven of their last ten. They're two points out of a playoff spot in the East, and our colleague Matt Pryor, who writes for the Hockey Writers. Mm-hmm. Um, published an interesting article that I read today discussing a couple of targets and three Rangers, Michael Grabner, Matt Zuccarello, and Rick Nash. I mean, if you could add any of those guys, you'd say, yeah, sure, I'd take them. Right? They're all good players. I don't know how reticent the Rangers would be to let them go. Maybe, I mean, look, there the a lot will been, change between yeah, now and the end of February. The Rangers though. have been actually pretty open about their, this is, they're kind of going, they're embracing the cell. Um, and the, uh, Oh, what do we got over here? Oh, we have some police activity over by the local middle school we're driving by. That's always wow. a good sign. Quite a bit police activity. Uh, let's see. Four officers, four four vehicles, two with their lights on, one car being approached. Huh. Uh, should we move on? Let's move on. We have more. Um, I'm going to save Groobs' question for last because it's silly, and you know what he likes to do. Um, Aaron of, from Defending Big D... Wants to know why do we persist with the unintentional comedy series that is the goalie interference review? You first, or do you want me to say the obvious? You can, why do we? Mean well, the obvious is this rule is designed to eliminate the glaring, obvious interference decisions, the ones that are no-brainers. The problem is, is that goalie interference is a subjective decision, just like what is a catch in football. Yeah. Um, and it's a gray area. Now, is it consistent? No. <laughs> And we've addressed this before. I think that the call on the ice should be made, and then if it needs to be challenged, or if it is challenged, that it should go to the war room in Toronto to make the final decision so that at least the same people are making the call every time. Because when the referee on the ice is getting helped, but ultimately is checking his own work, 
that's I, to me I feels like that's a problem. Yeah. It's the problem is it's 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 it becomes so subjective and it's it shouldn't be subjective. There should be criteria that get met and, and um it's what was the one the other the one in St. Louis the other day where um, Jake Allen basically ends up gets kind of pushed into his into the corner and you're taught for yeah. years to drive the net hard yeah. to create problems. Goalies have to be protected. And yeah, look, it's not going to get solved immediately. But I think the the one I I think you need to be able to challenge because we've seen in games in the past when a goalie gets interfered with, it's pretty blatant. If they miss it, you'd like to be able to get the call right. That's all you really want. Video yeah. review in any sport is let's get the call right. Mm -hmm. It's for justice and fair fairness in in sports. Yeah. Um, let's leave it at that because. Groups who hit us up with mythical creature questions before. You ready for this? Okay. It's silly. Thank you, uh, Mr. 90s disc, disc Jockey tonight. He asks, how are the holes in a cat's fur always in the right places for their eyes? How are the holes in a cat's fur always in the right places for their eyes? Biology, Mother Nature. Same, same Evolution. Reason, same reason the other holes. There's the there's the holes in the cat furs for the other holes. Uh, I'd like to go with the eyes part. <laughs> Groups, if they didn't line up, they wouldn't survive because they wouldn't be able to see, and they'd make a lousy cat. So I'm going to go on the silly answer that all the cats whose holes in fur for eyes didn't line up died out quickly, and so only the genetic purity of ones who can actually see lived on and and thrived and flourished. And did those cats even have eyes? Oh, that's going into a philosophical Descartes question. I don't want to know if we want to go into that. No. Uh, maybe if we didn't have nasal infections. Yes, yes, maybe. Hey, we're playing through our pain. Yes. But we also don't have to play hockey games. No. That would have been a game time decision if there was physical activity required for my job tonight. Stars beat a backup goalie tonight, Sean. Uh, you know, aside from beating a team playing the second night of a back-to-back, -back, which has been a problem, yeah, so they actually win the backup goalie fight, which, a lot, boy, when we found out tonight, I don't know about your Twitter, but yeah. mine blew up when I tweeted, because yeah. we heard from Bruce Boudreau that yep. Staylock was going to start mm -hmm. about, what, 5 o'clock? Yep. When he met with the media, because they didn't have a morning skate, and the Stars fan contingency went nuts of, oh, here we go again. There's so, a stigma. And you say, here we go again, but I actually went through, I tweeted this out earlier. It, depend, now, it depends on how you classify uh, Jimmy Howard in Detroit. I think um, he's the starter. Okay, so if Jimmy Howard's the starter. Yes. Ten, I think he's taken over okay, that from okay. Razzie. If Jimmy Howard's the starter, 10 of the last 11 games, the Stars have faced a backup. You're saying that if Howard was the backup, it, it would, would be 11? 11 straight games. That's, yeah, I give him, yeah, the, yeah, he's the starter. Yeah, so it goes back to... Uh, That's crazy. And some of them, the stars have brought the backup in by getting the goalie pulled. Right, it's not always the stars. Yes, but uh, it had been, tonight was the fourth. James Reimer got hurt three yeah. minutes into the hockey yes. game against Florida. Yes. We saw the backup in yeah. the e-bug on the bench. Yes, tonight was the fourth straight start of a backup against Dallas. And I don't know what, uh, I don't know what the Rangers will do on Monday, but who knows? They could. Yeah, I mean, could we see Lundquist? Would we see Andre Pavlik, who's had some brilliant games against the Stars, even this year. Andre Pavlik was very good against the Stars this year. And uh, One more question. Okay. All right, Kristen writes in, what would you pick for the alternate jersey for the Stars next year? Brings up an interesting conversation you had with Hitch and uh, Tyler yeah. Sagan in the postgame tonight. Mm -hmm. um, 
I like the, I mean, the throwback's nice. It's, I think, I think ideally if the, uh, and so the players liked it. I actually talked to, uh, I actually talked to someone in the organization tonight who, um, the Stars, if they were allowed to tonight, they probably would have worn that jersey for the full game. For the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah those would have been yeah. really cool. Um, I talked to somebody within the organization who knows the, about these things, and they said that if uh, the Ooh, NHL... ominous. If, if the NHL did not, uh, if it wasn't the NHL inputting the rules, basically, about the... The first year with the Adidas jerseys, and right? No, like no thirds or alternates yeah. this year. That the stars probably would have worn them tonight. Would have um, been cool. Would have been, been really cool. Yeah. Um, and then I, they would, of course, had matching socks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I I think the uh, well, we've seen two throwbacks worn in warmups this year. We've seen that one, and then when they retired, uh, oh, the Yuri Lightning, everyone wore twenty six. Yeah, the nine. They wore the nine nines. Uh, that was neat too. Um, I think I like the because uh, you'd want it to be the home jersey, right? It, well, you mean like an alternate to wear at home? Because you're going to wear your alternate at home, and you got in the NHL now. The home team wears the darker jersey. Why would you wear an alternate on the road? Exactly. So my the, ben- the alternate jersey is really a benefit for your so, fans, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, think, you could do it. So but, I think of the stars, two jerseys from '93, '94. The white one looks great, but they don't wear white at home. No. So not, not, not I don't. I don't. I don't think it would be a good alternate for that. Um, now, since they wear, the, I. With that being said, thinking darker jersey at home. That case, I. I would like to see. I think it'd be kind of cool to see the one from the '99 Cup. With there. the word Dallas on the front and the number. Uh, no, the one that with the like, oh, with like the big star. star. Yeah, right. The question is, will not if they, the not the black one that looked like a football jersey. The, I did not like that. Right one. in the future, the question is, is right here. <laughs> it almost blew by my driveway um, as we wrap up our our show here. The question is, will they go with an old school throwback style jersey, or for an alternate jersey, will it be one of the secondary logos the team has? Whether it's the the one on their pants, the state of Texas with the the stars in it. Uh, logo, or the circular one. The circular one could be a good I crest. I see that yeah. being maybe a possible crest just because of the shape. Although I wouldn't mind seeing the one that's on the pants. That's kind of a cool look. Yeah. I don't I, I don't know. We'll see, Sean, because they may test some different ones, but I don't think we'll see the old Dallas Stars logo because I think they want to go forward with the new branding of Victory Green and yeah. what they have going right now. Yep. Which... Uh Almost ended up being red, white, and blue at one point when they rebranded. That's which is what a lot of the DFW franchise or sports yes. major sports leagues teams mm-hmm. have. I mean, everybody else, right? Yes. Uh, Mavs. Blue and white. Used to, Mavs used to have some green before they took their green out. But they blue and white like this. Yeah. Their Cowboys, of course. Yeah. Rangers. Red, a lot of red. Yeah. FC Dallas, red, mm-hmm. white, and blue. I mean, I, I still, I still like. It's an America's. Kind of area. The stars green though still stands out, um, and this was a point that was pointed out to me when uh, by, by Jim Lights when they first made the switch and everything like that. That that green really pops on TV, and you see that green on TV made you, for high definition television, and, and you know it's a Dallas Stars game. It's not. It's not you. You're in a bar and you see a game on the TV and you see a red versus blue team. And that's what they were going for. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Stars have practice tomorrow at American Airlines Center, so you won't be able to get your Radulov autograph tomorrow because that will be closed to the public, yeah, unfortunately. not available at the AAC. Um, but the... Uh, well, we'll practice, uh, what, probably Wednesday? 
in Frisco? Yes, probably. Before the trip to, to Chicago, they'll have a day off Tuesday. So mm -hmm. the next time you're looking for a chance to see your stars up close and personal in a practice would be next Wednesday. Stars and Rangers coming up Monday. Yep. And uh, Dan Hamus gets celebrated for Ooh, yeah. that game. Uh, I'm looking forward to see. I've never seen, cross another one off the list of things I've seen in my hockey career, never seen a in-person silver stick presentation. That would be fun. So it actually, so i got a quick history backstory. Anyway. Oh. Uh, so the silver stick is actually, there's a guy who makes them, and uh, obviously there's a guy for everything, but there's a guy, there's a guy who I'm makes the silver stick. they're not magically appearing out of nowhere. <laughs> There's a guy who uh, the stars actually sent one of Ham Hughes's sticks to this guy to make the silver stick. So it is actually. Was so it a stick wrapped with the silver uh, I don't know, plated I don't, with I don't, it? Or, I don't know the exact answer. Or is to it that. just used to then? I don't know. I don't know if they create a mold or if it's a. Basically, it's it's Dan Ham Hughes's stick. Either I'm not sure if it's. In, I thought it was just sort of a generic stick that gets no. engraved yeah. with it. Oh wow! But it's actually one where. That's it's, even more effort. Yeah. Cool. So. Monday night pregame ceremony. Stars and Rangers, Dan Hamus applauded or celebrated for 1,000 NHL games. We had Dave Gagne on our post-game show tonight who played 946. Didn't Ooh. quite make 1,000, but boy, a heck season of a player. Away. Yep. So, everyone, uh, have a good night and uh, enjoy uh, Super Bowl Sunday. i got to wake up in six hours to All start right. smoking the brisket. Super Bowl party tomorrow. Eagles or Pats? Uh... I, I know who you're. I know. Well, you know who I'm yeah, cheering yeah. for. I'm a Patriots um, fan, and, and I, for those, those that are not happy with me because of the Patriots in Dallas, I grew up in Maine. I'm a diehard New England sports fan because that's what we grew up cheering for. And just so you know, the Patriots, when I was a kid, were awful. They won <laughs> three to four to five games a year for a long time, basically until Bill Parcells showed up and made the Patriots relevant. I wasn't really. Very, I was four or five years old when they played the '85 Bears, so I don't really remember yeah. that team. They were awful when I could remember until Parcells, and then obviously lately it's been been a, been a, a, a an embarrassment of riches as a Patriots fan. But I've been uh, a fan long before they were any good. Yeah, I, either answer here gets you gets people upset in Dallas. Because do you I'm, want the evil empire from them perspective, yeah. or do you want the one of the division? It'd be like cheering for the Giants yeah. or the Redskins. You can't cheer for that yeah. as a Cowboys fan. Yeah, personally, I like the Nick Foles story. Um, mm. Just from coming, just the he's a Texas native. I actually covered him a bit when I worked in Austin. Um, I didn't cover him. I covered his school that he went to. Yeah, he's a little old he's for little, that. Yeah. But uh, so I like the Nick Foles story, and I think uh, I know people aren't going to like this answer, but it'd be kind of be nice to see uh, Nick Foles win a Super Bowl after kind of that transition. It's a tough choice for Dallas Cowboys fans. Yes, Eagles, which they loathe, or Patriots, who they envy. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Go Pats.